No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules. And at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of the Banal of America Revival. And we've got a, an awesome show, I think, in part. Uh, in, ah, let me start over on that one. And we've got uh, what I think is going to be an awesome show for you tonight. Uh, I've been, as Nate will attest, I've been chasing him down now for like the last two months. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. Once once I knew we were bringing Middle of America back, uh, Nate was on on the top of the list here for people I want to talk to. So it was kind of like, uh, all right, Nate, hurry hurry the fuck up, man. Let's get <laughs> let's get this show on the road, oh, man. I, I want to yeah. talk to you about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I've, I've already alluded to, uh, who it is, but our guest tonight is Nate Brislin. He's the author of a fantastic new book titled Crawlers. A conclusive casebook, uh, and it came out this summer. Folks who follow me on social media might have uh, seen some of my posts. I took a really cool picture of the book, like out in the woods, kind of like mm-hmm. kind of how I imagine these crawlers to be, um, and that is kind of how he looks on the cover, the crawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate also produced a couple, uh, I think directed a couple of films: Pine State Phantom, Fan- uh, Pine State Phantoms, and Eyes from the Pines, the Pine Ape Project. But tonight we're going to be talking about crawlers. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm so used to, so saying to Nate, this is a whole new setup. So like Nate can mm. see me, I can see Nate. None of you can see us because we're going to just put this on as a podcast. But if, if for some reason this video ever comes out, there's the book. Um, and, and it is, uh, fantastic. And I, 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 I'm excited about this interview in a way because I kind of, this is classic banal of America in a sense, because, um, as I said, I wanted to get Nate on the show. I knew we were going to get him on the show. I had leafed through the book a little bit. I've had it, like, since it first came out. But I'm like, I have a thing where if I'm going to have the person on the show, I want to read it, like, as close to the show as possible. So I actually read the book this week. Um, You know, I had kind of gone through red cases here and there uh, Mm -hmm. over the course of the summer. But it's like, I'm not going to really give it – I'm not going to, like, really – fucking get in there and write this and, and put the notes down. And as Nate can see, I sent him the notes today. So he knows that uh, they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty in depth. Um, uh, you did, you did read the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I was, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Cause uh, these are usually my favorite, but all of America episodes when I know the material as well as I, I possibly can going into the show. And, uh, you know, we can really dig into it. So before we get into the crawlers, let's talk about Nate Brislin. Uh, give us the bio, the background. Who is Nate Brislin? How'd you get mixed up in the world of cryptozoology and Fortiana? Yeah, absolutely. So, so my name's Nate Brislin. Um, I've been interested in cryptozoology, paranormal, you know, Fortian phenomena, all of that. Uh, basically, as long as I can remember, I've always been interested in Sasquatch and just anything like that, ghosts. Um, so I 
trying to think of it was probably cryptozoology that i mostly am interested in um yeah. I, like i'll dive into like like my my first film actually was pine state fandoms and that was all sort of ghosts and paranormal um basically everything that's not cryptozoology yeah. actually um and then with my second film i delved into specifically bigfoot um the bigfoot phenomenon in maine and so that was a good you know way to kind of get some you know boots on the ground documentation um treating it's it's not to go off on a tangent already but it's kind of um two what's the best way to describe it like two sides of investigating kind of because with like something like a ufo or a ghost or anything like that there's not usually like anything physical to go off of so it's really is kind of a not much of like a change of pace as much as there's something a bit more or there's definitely something more tangible with cryptids and right uh bigfoot and things like that just because they're um or they should be looked at as um undiscovered species of animals so they wouldn't you know have abilities like cloaking or anything like that and um that's sort of how i look at cryptozoology mm-hmm. um and that's why i started um my own uh association which is the association of cryptozoological fieldwork and analysis yes and, that's the facebook page right? yeah that's my my, my group on yeah. facebook um as of yet unpublished uh website still trying to get off the ground but <laughs> um tons of researchers from around the world uh sharing their encounters their uh their field work um and things like that yeah yeah it's a um, fantastic site uh i i turn to it quite often uh when looking for stuff for coast to coast so yeah thank I, you I recommend it it's got a lot of stuff going on there a lot of variety try yeah, to keep yeah so okay so you, you always had this interest cryptozoology mm. and what led you to write about the crawlers and give us the thumbnail on what the crawlers are and i'm, I'm sure you're yeah. going to elucidate this a little more but it's like i think when people hear crawlers unfortunately uh they think of the wacky sacramento night crawlers thing mm. and it's like this is not that at all folks um this is more like dover demony creatures exactly so but I'll, I'll sort of turn it over to here tell tell people give us the basics on what crawlers are how did you even hear about this like how did yeah. you because when you told me i think you had mentioned this like in the spring maybe or even last year that you were working on a book on crawlers and i'm like what is that like I, and i mean i've been around man i've been around for like 20 i'm like what what is what is I'm like so you mean the nightcrawler thing in California? You're like no 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 dude this other thing and then then like uh, you told me about it and then I'm like that sounds really interesting. Then I got the book and I'm like wow this is way more this is much bigger than I thought that I imagined it was. So um, you know bring people up to speed on what what is the what what are these crawlers? This what is the crawler? What is this phenomenon um, that that you know the whole book is centered around? Yeah, so I first heard about the sort of phenomena of crawlers through Lon Strickler, actually, of Phantoms and Monsters. Um, and he, I had seen he was doing a lot of, um, I don't know if he was calling them crawlers, but like weird humanoid, you know, right. what fits the description, which are these pale uh, humanoid type creatures that are seen in the forest. And so I kind of just kind of had that in the back of my mind. Um, and 
just through forums, you know, I'm on tons of different cryptozoological paranormal forums online. Um, I couldn't even tell you how many I'm part of. I'm, I'm <laughs> part of so many. Um, and I caught wind of this couple who had uh, this. This must have been like 20, probably 2018, 2019. Um, okay. And I had caught wind of this couple from um, Kentucky. This is um, Jackie, Jackie and Nick Carell, uh, whose description and, you know, their uh, eyewitness sketches are actually the cover of the book. Uh-huh. And I caught wind of them and I heard about their encounter on a forum and I was like, oh, we should talk more. This is this seems compelling. And it just literally snowballed from there. Um, I had interviewed them on my podcast. Um, they you know, they could not have been more helpful and detailed with their, uh, with their just sharing information and helping out with this. And that was when I kind of realized I was like, this is, this is like, I don't know. I had seen ones where they were more so just kind of like creepypasta, like made up, like like obviously made up. Um, and this was just like, this was something else entirely. This was, Three different people had seen this, um, and it kind of mirrors back to the what is considered the first crawler sighting, or at least to me, what I consider to be the first crawler sighting, which is the Dover Demon in Massachusetts, right. um, which Lauren Coleman uh, named, researched extensively. Yeah, you um, like literally put it on the map, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, Dover and the Demon, whole yeah. yeah, and the whole sort of mythos of the Dover Demon is that it was only sighted, you know two or three times within the the one night that it was seen and never again no one has ever seen anything else like this since then and that's it it's just a a contained mystery and it's its own thing um and when they sent me when jackie and nick had sent me the sketches of what they had seen in kentucky that night one of them looked so much like the dover demon sketches by the eyewitnesses that I was like, there's no way that there isn't something else going on here. Right. There has to be, you know, some sort of connection. Um, it's just I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time trying to like. No, no, no. I get weave what it saying. weave it together, but it's it yeah. really it, that was sort of like the the start of it. That was the light bulb moment. For exactly. You. You yeah. Like, okay, this is. Yeah, because I yeah I kind of I, I sort of uh, intimated that a little bit yeah mm-hmm. like when I was setting you up there where it's like yeah the everybody who's at you know everybody knows about the Dover Demon story yeah. that's like pretty much iconic mm-hmm. uh, in if you're into cryptozoology at all so yeah to me like when you had described sort of the crawler thing and I was like well like the Dover Demon yeah like, yeah like the Dover Demon that's like well, I thought that was just a one time thing and then you know. I can imagine you kind of had this experience as you were putting the book together. I did when I picked up the book. It was like, oh, wow, this is way more, you know, than one than, than one isolated incident, it mm. seems. I mean, it's it's really hard to wrap your arms, or no pun intended, because these things have crazy long arms, but it's really hard to wrap your arms around. Now, tell people, give, I mean, they can imagine the Dover Demon, but it's sort right. of based on what the various witnesses have said. Give us sort of a... You know, like if you were just to describe this thing uh, as, as far as generally how it goes across the spectrum. But there are some similarities that one might yeah. place there's, into there's, the crawler uh, archetype. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's slight variations, which um, there's there's a chart in the book of kind of like a height chart as well. And those are just kind of like the three sizes, basically, but they all sort of act the same. Um, and my hypothesis is that they would be um, growth stages mm-hmm. um, in, in one's life cycle oh, in, in a crawler's life cycle. Um, but so basically a crawler is a humanoid cryptid hairless uh typically hairless sometimes they are they're reported with sparse sparse light hair um but generally hairless um often more often than not um described as having glistening or shiny skin um not wet but kind of just like uh i don't know reflective bizarre reflective skin um they have large rounded heads um almost always uh big big round eyes circular almost perfectly circular eyes um that reflect light um i think typically green or yellow are the most common ones that are reported and their behaviors aren't they're not aggressive or hostile but they will and i was surprised looking back on all of this that a lot of the eyewitnesses describe very similar stalking behavior through the woods um maybe not you know visually like there are ones where they're like this thing was following us either keeping pace with our car or and actually there are a couple where it follows vehicles um but almost always these eyewitnesses are reported as being stalked by these things um so it's it's just very interesting how how much uh crosses over and how much how many consistencies how yeah, much consistencies yeah. there are in between uh each case with these things because i swear mm-hmm. if there weren't there's always sort of you know things that differentiate each case obviously right but when you look at them broadly you're like oh this could be like very easily a real you know population distribution or a real species because this is there's so many consistencies it would be sort of odd if it if um something weren't going on if that makes sense right no it makes perfect sense yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's people in different parts of the country are reporting the same thing and and when you pull the camera back like you've done with crawlers the book uh you can kind of see that um Mm -hmm. one of the things you didn't mention that i thought was interesting a couple of sort of characteristics i would say is one of the things yeah, you. It, it seemed the creature, for lack of a better term, based on the witness reports, uh, the totality of them, it seemed like I would almost say it was more. I don't know if I would call it aggressive or what or brazen. That's the best mm, word. Brazen, mm. like the uh, witness after witness after witness reported. Like I looked, I saw it. It saw me, and then it came at me, and mm. it was like then I took off running. And it's like, yeah. well, it's kind of like, a, 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 you know, it's a macabre joke, but it's like, well, we don't hear from any of the people that like it caught. Exactly. Yeah. You know, who knows what would have happened to them. <laughs> yeah. But it was a very interesting because I don't recall very many cryptids, um, you know, that their first instinct and animals for sure. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you don't really hear too many stories about being charged by an animal. out. You know, generally they're kind of fearful of you, but this thing seems like it has no compunction or or concern about uh the people that are seeing it 
Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe saying that they're not aggressive maybe wasn't the right term, but they're definitely. Um, I would say, yeah, no, that was a brazen is a really good word uh, for it. But um, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's. Um, I'm get, We'll get into more of this later, but um, sort of like the hypothesis that we come up with um, is that that sort of behavior makes sense if you apply it to sort of like a primate type right. of animal. Um, so it kind of, I'm not sure because aggressiveness kind of is uh, what's the word, uh, the diff different perspective. Um, right. Right. If that makes sense. Well, it could be yeah. like a bluff charge, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe they're just acting aggressive um, so they don't have to actually become aggressive, which a lot of gorillas right. do, a lot of primates do. Um, but that's not to say that these things aren't terrifying. And right, yeah, a yeah. lot of these eyewitnesses actually have long-term, uh, you know, internal, not sort of scarring, but like trauma almost right, yeah. from, no, from, seeing, from seeing yeah. these things. Yeah. A lot of the, and it's detailed in the book, a lot of these sightings just, they talk in detail about the effect that it had on them seeing this thing. Mm -hmm. And just the way some of them are, they seem too visceral to me at least. And uh, that, that someone just made that up for like, to just to prank someone who's writing a book. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Well, that raises uh, one of the first questions I had as I was reading the book, because I don't mm -hmm. think you say this anywhere uh in the book but maybe i missed it at the very beginning or something but where did you get all these cases from yeah and that's not uh something i really went into uh, you're right not much or at all in the book but um i mean i kind of picked up they got you got them through some kind of internet uh yeah thing, so it, was, so it really out. was yeah it really was a lot of um different sort of resources um a lot of them people reported to me um, because I would literally just blast on different forums like, oh, looking for encounters, looking for encounters right. um, or, you know, looking for more information on maybe this one encounter that someone posted here. Would love to know if anyone had any more info. Um, and I would um, actually with my associate, my crypto association, we have a sightings form and a lot of people, a lot of submissions we actually received through that that people oh, right. filled out and sent that um people contacted me uh personally being like hey i heard you were writing you know this book we saw some of the sketches you posted we saw something that was uh exactly like that if not almost exactly like that um and i just got flooded with not only like detailed descriptions of what some people were seeing but people were including their eyewitness sketches and a lot it was just a lot of weird like i said consistencies sort of synced yeah. up with it's different like describing something like when you're describing something that you saw and then actually drawing it because right, right. that's definitely more especially if someone didn't take a photo an eyewitness sketch is the closest that we're going to get in that instance to actually seeing what they saw, um, right. you know, if they're not lying about what yeah. they saw. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, well, but, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, a lot of um, different sources um, from just from my group um, and 
there's not a lot of like references, mostly because the book is sort of acting as a, you know, this is the evidence that we have. Um, and what do we make of it? So it's sort of just kind right. of trying to set a baseline for researching crawlers and uh, analyzing the evidence and things like that. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. That's why it's uh, a conclusive case book. It's a book of cases. Mm, exactly. Quite literally. Um, and like you said, I mean, and, and I, I, I appreciate that you have this perspective because, you know, well, we talked about this like before we went on the air. It's like you have to kind of take every story with a grain of salt because um, mm. you just don't know. You just don't know who's telling the truth and who isn't really. Mm. And, and so there's no, um, you know, it's not like true crime or something where you can, that, you know, they're going to say something that, you know, oh, okay, I know they're telling the truth because they said that it has a sixth toe or whatever. Like there's some right. secret information. It's like, you kind of have to just take them at their, at their word on it. Um, hmm. Which is, I mean, that's kind of the nature of this, you know, field nowadays as it is. Mm. So just, um, yeah, just, Fortean and cryptozoology in general. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if um, we don't have people reporting their stories and stuff, we don't exactly have a lot to go off. Of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two of the I, there was a couple other physical characteristics that uh, mm. just sort of keep trying to paint this picture for people. So we got like yeah. a bulbous head with the circular eyes on the front. Yes, for, forward-facing eyes, yep. Yeah, so it's like a person. A super, you know, I'm sure it kind of depends, but like emaciated body. Yes. With like super long arms uh, and super long hands and mm-hmm. just super long legs, like spindly and just Yeah, kinda... thin thin and like lanky features yeah. all around. And And what I found interesting was in some of the cases they – they would say like that they, the person like heard like a thud or they heard like this this commotion in the forest. Yeah. And it's like how how is that possible? This thing is like a tiny little thing. So that kind of mm. was like just a weird detail that um, I have trouble. You know that makes me kind of wonder like is there some kind of supernatural aspect to this? The other part was um, I think I think this is important to note to people as far who are trying to wrap their minds around this cryptid is like that it also has some kind of means to to go from bipedal to on, on fours, like in a blink of an eye, and then mm. take off and then be super fast. So it's uh, I don't know of any. I'm sure they're out there, but I, I don't know of any like Bigfoot reports where Bigfoot gets down on all fours and like runs away. So this is kind of like a very. I mean, there probably are a few, but mm-hmm. um, not not know. numerous. It's not yeah, a common certainly, thing people report right. Bigfoot. Yeah, it's certainly not like a characteristic you would apply to Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. With this thing, I would say you would apply. That's this like every every other report. Yeah, it like it gets seems, to, yeah. it's like people will see it. It's standing there. They're like, "What is that thing?" And then at some point, it just drops down to all fours and scurries away. And it's mm-hmm. like in an incredibly fast way. So yeah. and in a weird, the general thing was like it seemed to like be just just weird like weird way of moving kind of like you almost can't wrap your mind around it because i mean how often do you see anything on two feet drop down to four Mm -hmm. limbs and then like be very adept at moving in that way i mean i don't like that like that's the way it's meant to be moving right right it's not not weird for it or anything yeah yeah Um, yeah and i'm not i'm not sure what to make of that 
um, especially where people are saying it moves sort of unnaturally. Um, I can't think of that's that's one of the th the, the questions that um, I don't quite have an answer for is right. why why do these things look so I don't know un unnatural when they're maybe when they're moving you know just moving around um, when they're not you know at full full speed or anything like that um, because uh, according to eyewitnesses these things have no problem you know moving through their own environment uh on all fours you know they're very much aware of how um of how well they can maneuver in their environment um so it's it's i, I i'm not sure how to explain um when people report just that when they're moving uh upright just how um Lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. Unwieldy? No, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, just un just unnatural. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to explain that aspect of it because yeah, yeah. Because clearly, it's if it's if it's a real species, obviously, um, it's it's able to you know very easily shift from one stance right. to another. Right. Um, so maybe the upright stance isn't its natural. Gate, maybe that's not right, the way it, yeah, it like moves. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's default position, if you will. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe its default position is on all fours, and maybe when they're upright, maybe it's like a bear or something, and they're just yeah, uh, in, inspecting. But they're you know bears can only really shuffle, which is um, another reason why um, bears may not be a good um, you know excuse for Sasquatch. Because right, right. when they're upright, they you know they sort of shuffle left and right. They don't really move yeah, bipedally like, like yeah. a person does. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like somebody on roller skates or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the cases in the book. Now, I, yeah. as I said to you uh, before we started the show, um, I didn't want to just go, okay, let's go, let's do this case, that case, that case. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of picked the three that most stood out to me. Um, and Michael Walker was the first one. And I guess what really, I mean, you don't have to tell his story. I wouldn't ask yeah. you to like tell these people's stories. I mean, right. if you want to give like a thumbnail on what he experienced. I was gonna say, what I thought was interesting about this case was he probably has uh, the best, the closest look at one of these things. Because mm. he goes into his grandfather's shed and it's like shuffling around in there and he kind of walks in on it. And it's like, there's a drawing in the book. That is, that's the best drawing. Like that's it's, the, it's the most detailed the one, drawing. definitely. Yeah, like he got the best look at it. So yeah. um, talk a little bit about this case. Yeah, so Michael, who's now, you know, one of my very good friends um, after I discovered his story, um, he was very kind, kind enough to, um, he just laid it all out there. He told me yeah. straight up every single thing that happened the dates that it happened or maybe not the dates, but you know, the general timeline of when it happened. And he had what, three, three different encounters um, over the course of the summer of 20, 2014, I believe, I think it was July, July to August. Um, and yeah, he, I'm not even sure how to, you know, yeah, well, I mean, encapsulate the entirety of it. Yeah. 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 Talk but, about how he walked in on the thing, though. That's probably. 
it's I I'm trying to because it's such a I couldn't imagine seeing this thing in real life. Yeah. Because the picture that he draws of it is so I don't even know. It's it is. Yeah, it's so strange. Um he describes it and and this is actually goes sort of goes to um another part of the, the like primate hypothesis where he described the the teeth as being sort of exposed where there weren't any like lips or anything um and in my head which I didn't I didn't go over this in the book but that seems like an animal sort of pulling its teeth back or its lips back right and right. maybe doing sort of like an intimidation or fear thing which a lot of you know chimps and primates do right but now, did he I assume you've talked to him about this oh yeah that. Like, how mm-hmm. close was he to this thing? That's – I honestly don't think he ever talked about, you know, like, the proximity of it. But he's a very, very talented artist. Um, mm-hmm. I've, his, I've seen his art. Um, he actually did a full-size Flatwoods Monster uh, oh, wow. piece, piece for me, and that's super incredible. But he's – like he, an incredible artist. It's 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 not like a sketch like that someone drew in like ten seconds or something. He really right, right. like put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, he, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't, I I couldn't imagine. Well, what was his experience like? Was he? I assume he was just sort of super terrified to even be close enough. I mean, he was close enough to get a good look at it. Like a lot of these people didn't see yeah. it that well. Like he he mm-hmm. really saw it. <laughs> yeah it's and that also begs the question what was the thing doing in the shed right was yeah. it uh or the, or the barn um shed i believe it was a shed i think it was yeah i think yeah. it was like looking there was like uh from my recollection i'm i'm probably ahead of you because i i read the <laughs> book like last couple of days so I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the um yeah his grandfather had kept a bunch of rotting uh, disused right. meat in his fridge from hunting and stuff, and in the shed. And uh, Michael was walking by or something, and he heard a commotion in the shed. And then he went in, and then there was this thing, um, a crawler essentially. Although this one looked like more, and he might have used a little more artistic license, but this mm. one looked a little more muscular than I remember. It, it's got more like human proportions, it right, looks like, right. where it's not so much. Uh, like you know, like spider monkey proportions, right, as they right. they typically are, kind of. But um, yeah, he said it didn't have like a nose or lips. Um, the eyes were like kind of, uh, I think kind of squinting, but like looking at him, like it very much, yeah. you know, saw him. Um, and I weird. think I think he was thirteen at the time. He was he was oh uh, boy he, okay he was he was younger I believe. Um, and yeah, and, and I believe before yeah, yeah. that, that was either his uh, first encounter, or um, I think that was his first encounter, because that was also when we talked about earlier the thud, and yeah. which is also another common thing people report is it either right. coming out of a tree or just this sound, whether it's it laying or or what. Um, manifesting or something. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the weirder cases because it's like, wow, this guy. The picture is like, 
you know, it's it's unsettling. <laughs> it's it's kind of jarring too the way I because it's a full page in the book, so you kind of right, right. flip to it and it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> whoa, what is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. yeah, the drawings are really interesting in the book because you get a real kind of perspective on this. Now we, I should circle back because this is kind of addressed like in the beginning of the book, and I'm sure, yeah. I don't know if you'll ever be able to sort of put down the any confusion that might arise from this, but mm -hmm. and it might have been um, the person who wrote the introduction, but I, I'm sure you kind of agree with me here. Mm. This isn't, when people hear the crawler, they might first think like, okay, is it a skinwalker or a wendigo? And, and you're making the argument that this is like a, a completely different thing from those two phenomena. Yeah, so there's, yeah, yeah. Um, at least that's what I put put forth in the book at yeah. least um whereas where the the wendigo and skinwalker they're more so supernatural entities where a wendigo you become one when you are a cannibal and you become this this creature that's always it's never satiated um and with a skinwalker the uh indigenous uh type of witch i believe that can become, you know, a creature or uh, different animals by wearing pelts. And uh, absolutely none of that is what people report with their crawler sightings. These are, you know, completely their own things. There's there's one or two sort of uh, what I, I guess would consider supernatural crawler sightings in the book. One, there's a small handful um, where they report, you know, lights being associated um and things like that but typically much like with the dover demon there's no ufos reported there's no uh magic or you know cloaking as uh some some bigfoot people say right, um, right. there's there's nothing like that reported there's generally it, it's very grounded and animalistic behaviors which is yeah. why that leads me to believe that it's most likely um some some species of mammal if it if they do exist Right, right. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. and what about the rake? I meant to look this up. I meant mm. to look up rake more. Uh, but but for, but when somebody in the in one of the stories kind of compares it to a rake, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that is that does sound it does sound kind of like a rake. But then uh, you know, I meant to look, I meant to look it up today to see how if my you know if my impression of a rake was actually as accurate as what the general description of a rake is i figure you could kind of pick me up on this one so what it, so how close would you say the crawler is to the rake as far as you know possibly maybe there's a connection there yeah i would say they're um similar only superficially as um the rake really sort of originated from um internet creepypasta and okay. online right. fictional fictional horror stories um mm -hmm. a lot of yeah, a lot of just actual fiction from earlier earlier days in the internet. Um, and once again, crawlers are very much. Um, actually, I think rakes are even more more human like than than a crawler is, which is you know not not featureless, but almost um, re reduced features, I guess. Aside from you know the big eyeballs and things like that, they don't typically report mouths aside from when they're you know baring their teeth and stuff but you don't usually yeah. ever see like a closed mouth or anything like that but with the rake um it's uh 
very much more so human proportions in these stories um and very much more so sort of like boogeyman type where they're inside the house um but even then there's um sort of crossover with that because there's a a small handful of crawler sightings that are uh sort of inside the house but they are not dubious but they're they're not as detailed or anything like that yeah Um, yeah which familiar with um i think one of the earlier ones was one where he's peeking over the the foot of the bed yeah one person yeah Yeah, and like with all there was a girl a woman in the book um Mm. there was a woman in the book who uh she like said she woke up went to the window or the doorway and it was there and then she like freaked out and then went back to bed and it was like i feel like maybe that was just a dream yeah, like I feel like maybe that wasn't an actual encounter. With all mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect to her, oh, experience, but it was just kind of like ah, I'm not seeing anything here that really. Um, yeah, I just while you were saying that, I just googled the rake, and it it is, it's kind of frustrating because yeah, I I don't know why the hell I thought the the rake was a genuine cryptid, but it's apparently has was created on creepy pasta like Slenderman. It's a very annoying. Yep part of (laughs) modern day (laughs) crypto i wouldn't even it's it's not cryptozoology but it's like it's it's this just blurring of yeah online horror and sort of this blurring of like cryptozoology is on the fringes of people you get the monster sort of aspect Mm -hmm. um and there was some discussion a few years ago uh on twitter about you know trying to deviate the monsters from the from the cryptids and it's right. like it's getting harder to differentiate the two because people the, the public doesn't do so mm-hmm. um so next thing you know you got like slender man lumped in with crypt- cryptids and it's like but that was I've, the thing I've, that I've seen it created on the internet yeah yeah exactly no yeah the rake is very much more so along the lines of like the slender man or even like i said like boogeyman type stuff right. which i guess slender man really is just sort of a modern take on you know boogeyman lore and things like yeah. that but yeah i mean definitely definitely no... distinct from from crawlers absolutely okay yeah yeah and the fucking rake is made up from the internet so mm, it's exactly weird, so weird um like i said i could have sworn i was like mandela effect or what but i could have sworn mm-hmm. the rake was something that had existed like for a while and, and mm. now i'm disappointed to find out that it <laughs> was creepypasta and it, this is a conversation for another day but yeah i mean there's an argument i think nick redfern wrote a book with slender man and mm. I, it, there's an argument to be made that maybe these things have kind of been around and they kind of manifest into these stories or or people create them via tulpa sort of mm. mm-hmm. um you know mass consciousness or like as more people know about the slender man now people are going to see slender man right, but that's yeah. like i said i mean that's a whole nother that's way beyond <laughs> cryptozoology and stuff uh-huh. now um we we, t- we talked about the the experience that was i think probably a dream the we'll, we'll pivot now to what i think is the most credible case in the book um so if you're in contact with this person please let her know sarah nielsen yes her story i think is the most credible in the book um do you want to kind of give us just a thumbnail of why you, yeah I mean, you seem pretty confident that way i don't have to tell the story you can you can kind oh of yeah absolutely the, yeah no this thumbnail is on this tale this is absolutely um my favorite story my favorite crawler mm-hmm. encounter 
Um, this took place, I believe, 20, 2015 in uh, Utah. And um, the name escapes me of the, the I believe it was a national um national forest um i don't know if it's a national park or what but they were they were hunting so i'm not sure if what the what the rules are with that (laughs) but um so sarah nielsen and her grandfather were um hunting and they had shot a deer they hadn't killed it and it sort of you know they were they were tracking it um because they didn't want to, you know, just leave it. That's I mean, hunters. You don't just leave an animal if you don't, um, if you wound yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Um, and they, it's, the story is compelling to me because it's such a long lead up to a very, very brief encounter. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think the grandfather is the key to the absolutely yes <laughs> the yeah. of the story. So the grandfather is a, I believe, uh, said just a biologist, a wild wildlife biologist, right? Um, right. and they with some serious credentials. Uh, seemed like it seemed like he had been with the government or the state wildlife. Was it was it state wildlife? I'm trying to Yeah, I'll read remember. this. I'm going to read I'll read it from the book. Just just <laughs> I bad, put Nate sorry. on the spot. I apologize. She says my grandfather is a recently retired biologist and former yeah. conservation officer in the state, as well as a regional specialist and was over wildlife and habitat management for many years. So he's done everything from habitat management programs to quite literally wrangling moose to be translated and That's darting right. black bears. He has seen mountain lions, bears, birds of all kinds, small mammals, ruminants which i don't even know what that is i don't know what that Pla- is yeah plants <laughs> and natural phenomena for the majority of his life so it was like assuming she's telling the truth and this grandfather is a real person and shit person. it's like that's the guy you want to see yes. the creature oh yeah and so the the so i'll just i'll just go over the story yeah mm-hmm. so they hear what they I, I believe they said they heard what sounded like a distorted person screaming yeah as, like as scream, yeah. yeah but not like an injured deer or anything this was very distinct and different from you know the normal sounds that they would expect to hear and with the grandfather he definitely would would know what the sound was um and as they're going after you know they spent however however long searching for this deer in the middle of the night in the middle of the woods with no light or or with uh, just I, I think I think they just had the the headlamps and they see they come upon this thing I believe you know ten or fifteen feet in front of them and sure enough it's this pale humanoid thing in the middle of the woods, this emaciated thing. And I like the way they describe it as the arm around a birch tree in front of it. And I think they said it was, it was as pale, if not paler than the tree that it was, had its arm wrapped around. Yeah. And, or or an Aspen, I believe not a, not a birch, but, um, and 
they just describe this, the features as being sunken and it's just this haunting thing that they run into in the woods. And they're both just baffled at what they're seeing. Um, she had an, an extreme reaction where she, she broke down crying and he's, and the grandfather is trying to, you know, comfort. Um, but she reported him being as just as confused as she was. Right. He, he was going through his head. He could not figure out any, any, anything similar to what was seen that he, he knew. And like, like you said, he's got, you know, this guy's literally seen it all. And this is the thing that throws him through a loop. And it's not like they saw this thing. It was literally, they caught it for a glimpse. They caught a glimpse of it. It's not like it was this long, detailed thing where it, uh, like, you know, charged yeah, them. It wasn't like a stare down or anything. Yeah, it's, or st- it didn't stalk them or anything like that. Well, well, we don't know if it was stalking them before, but um, it didn't have any of these, like, detailed things that people sort of report when when seeing it. It was just this very, you know, brief... They saw it, um, you know, and they, they just had this reaction like this can't be yeah, a real thing. It's, it, it, it almost feels like they're, they're, the way they described it, their brains almost r- refused that they saw. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how like better. They have like just... a breakdown or something. Yeah, no. Exactly. Sure. Because. It's definitely. You get that feeling from the yeah. book. Yeah. And then. um had a follow-up dialogue with her after and she said he won't talk about it anymore um or at least not you know as often or anything um it's just i don't know it's it it it, the 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 sighting is so detailed and there's such a build-up to what really doesn't amount to any kind of like payoff that I guess right. someone who, if, if this is, if this were a hoax, you would think the person writing it would put a little bit more flair, I guess, to, to yeah. the actual creature. But it, this, this just seems like a, a real sort of animal encounter. albeit yeah. sort of, you know, they obviously don't know what they're looking at, but there's nothing about, how the animal or how the crawler acts um, or anything that seems like it wouldn't be like uh, a natural, naturally occurring thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you know, just seeing this haunting, horrifying sort of just human in the middle of the woods is, is really jarring. um, And I can understand. And, and you, you get that sense from these, from the, how it's written and it to, i don't know to me maybe they wrote a really good story but i i i, I don't know it's because a lot of the ones where i've seen where it's like oh, okay this person's just practicing their horror writing skills um this just didn't seem like that to me with how yeah the just the intricacies of you know knowing um hunting and like i know you know people in my family hunt and this is just like this seems 
legitimate. Like, right, there's right. nothing well, that I can find where there's any like, you know, nothing. There's no uh, conflicting details in the story or, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Well, what I'm I'm left to wonder in this sense is now you said you know you've gotten to know Michael Walker now Sarah yeah. Nielsen that's a that's a pseudonym yeah um but you said you followed up with her afterwards did you get any sort of because I think my first inclination in a sense would be like okay Sarah this is an f- amazing story can you provide me any proof that of your grandfather's bona fides, at least that, that way I could, you know, I mean, unless she was like completely didn't want to tell you her name whatsoever. I mean, could you have at least, did you do any sort of background to be like, okay, well, the thing about her grandfather being a high powered uh, or important person in forestry for whatever Mm -hmm. uh, in in Utah that checks out. So she's at least telling the truth about that. So I Mm -hmm. can, you know, did you get any verification on that at all? She also the whole reason she wanted to use like an alias is because, you know, these these are not the first encounters, right, right. but the first ones that are being publicized in right, like right. a book or anything like that. Um, and I really, I did I, obviously, I did all the cursory, you know, Q and A investigative questions yeah, and things yeah. like that to you know try and weed out anything um yeah. but she was very yeah um, no i mean she, I she seemed her, ap- she, no no yeah she seemed me. apprehensive <laughs> um to talk further about her encounter when yeah. i was asking for more details about it as well okay. um right right and whether i don't know you could take that as uh she didn't want to talk about it or maybe she didn't you know, make up enough of a story to have a follow-up. Yeah, uh, well, if, it mean, is, look, if it is I a mean, fake if story. Yeah, if we're going to be mm-hmm. skeptical here, like, yeah, mm-hmm. she could have been like, oh, shit, this guy wants to talk to me about that right. story I wrote. He thinks it's real because I lied, because I said it was mm-hmm. real. <laughs> so yep. I better, I better, you know, and, and then she might have been really reticent when you got on the phone with her. I guess mm-hmm. kind of what inspired that question in a way was, uh, we don't have to get into the story, but there's another mm-hmm. story in the book where, uh, a guy who had some military background or army background mm. or whatever, uh, he was the witness and he provided you with like copies of his dog tags, his yep. military ID with this stuff, you know, blanked out or whatever. So that mm. way we, you know, at least in that story, it's like, okay, this guy was definitely in the army or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Um, so that's, that's why I was kind of wondering. And again, like if, if, you know, I can understand if, yeah, she was just like, yeah, you know, I don't want to tell you my grandfather's name or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the kind of thing you, you'd like to, you'd like to make, you know, nail down in a sense, at least. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Only to me, because that's like the best story, <laughs> the most quality. That's the kind of thing where it's like, look, I don't want to be an asshole. Can I just talk to your grandfather? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, exactly. I, I tried. I tried. Yeah. No, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, but that would be like, like your story is compelling, Sarah, but like, this is the mm-hmm. guy you know, let's, let's get, let's talk to grandpa Nielsen. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Now, the only other story I pinned out in the book was, um, and you kind of answered it a little bit already was Jackie and Nick, uh, Carell. We're going to take a different, different take on this. So, um, they were going, they went up a mountain, they saw the thing. Um, they provided some fantastic pictures and like Nate said, it's on the cover of the book. Absolutely, yeah. um, and I love that. As soon as I saw the book cover, I'm like, that is amazing. Did you do the it, drawing? I did not. No, that's, that's eyewitness. One of her uh, refined oh, wow. eyewitness drawings. Oh, wow. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting about the case, um, uh, well, first of all, and I, you'd know better than I would. We're not mm. going to get into like any more specific cases because I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I'm like, remember, like I'm like, I have him, I have dog eared like right next to me, so it's mm. like, um, well, we'll get, let's get to my second point in a moment the first thing that happened in this story and i'll just say it and then you can kind of tell me what you Mm. think this fucking means because to me it was like mind-blowing and maybe this Mm. has come up if you're friendly with jackie and nick still to this day if you talk to them i i would hope that this has come up in conversation at some point they're going up the mountain eventually they see the crawler but on the way up the mountain it's wicked late i think you i see you smiling you know i'm going to talk about it's wicked late they see this this young woman come down the mountain. Uh, it's like a, a, a moderate hiking trail, folks. Mm. Uh, and she's wearing flip flops, and she's all by herself, without any water, and presumably like without a flashlight or anything. And it was like either dusk or getting late, getting dark, and and she's very like sketchy in in, in a not an underhanded way, but in a way where it was like she seemed. Men in black, like, that was kind of the the impression I got. Like, she was, Mm -hmm. like, someone trying to pretend to be human. Um, And the whole thing was, like, yeah, and the whole thing was, like, I'm really glad they included that part in the story because, or in the report, because to me, that was, like, okay, this has to, this has to have something to do with it somehow. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, Nate. I think that you think it's a creature. I think it might be more supernatural, but oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but what do you what what do you make of the the mystery woman coming down the mountain in the flip flops? Mm-hmm. And what do what does Jack what what do Jackie and Nick think about this? So, in my opinion, so so they saw they were going up. This was before they saw the crawler. The crawler. Yeah, and she came down. And like you said, she was just very out of it. Um, and they actually they talked about this when I interviewed them on my podcast. Okay. And they out. said yeah. she sort of they I, I think because there was three of them and they all had their headlamps on her, but she was just unfazed by it. Like three people, you know, being like, "Oh, are you okay?" Like, um, yeah. and then she. The way they said it is that she she flatly said, oh, I'm fine in like a weird robotic sort of way. And and then I think she just left. Um, And I I almost want to say I don't I don't think it that she is like a crawler turned into a person or any any weird thing like that. But. I think it's entirely possible that maybe she had encountered the crawler before them. Oh, and I may think of that. And maybe she, it's entirely possible. Maybe she was lost on the trail or maybe had gone further than she would have, uh, would, would have thought. And, right. but um, to me, that just sounds like maybe she had maybe a more traumatic encounter wow. with the, with the, with the crawler. Um, which would also which would also line up with the Dover Demon encounters where multiple different groups of people had seen the same what what we can consider to be the same individual um, creature. creature. 
And so that would just be possibly possibly another case of that because it's implied that the Dover demon is it's it was one single creature seen by these three different people. Um, to me, it just sounds like that she had possibly seen the crawler before they had, um, and because maybe maybe because they didn't see her after they weren't able to be like, oh, did you see this, you know, weird right, thing happen? Yeah. Because she just kind she of disappears. So she out. disappears she after that. Go. Yeah, she was, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought, yeah, because I, I, maybe that thought did cross my mind in the book, because I was kind of wondering, yeah, if she was going to be like, there's something up there or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like she, but I mean, if she saw something and she was all freaked out, I could imagine, I don't know if my first inclination would be like, hey, there's a, pre, like, there's a, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think honestly, if I saw one, I might closest to because of the bulbous head and the spindly body, I would almost be like, there's like an alien up there. Or yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, I, 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 people get the book folks, first of all, but I implore you to buy the book so you can get an understanding of kind of like, I, I feel like we haven't almost, I have, I haven't really uh, pressed this part enough that these things are like super fucking pale, mm-hmm. like incredibly pale. Um, I think that's a huge part of, you know, the archetype of the crawler. Mm-hmm. It's like a, again, it's got the bulbous head. It's like wicked emaciated. It's got long spindly arms, long legs, spindly little hands. And it's even more hands. distinct than gray yeah. aliens because right. gray aliens have the dime or the, the almond shaped eyes. Right, right. Whereas all of the crawlers have very, very round forward facing eyes, not slanted in any way. Right, uh, right. Like, well, even well, even well, with the Dover Demon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, super, super pale. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the, you know, I don't know too many creatures that are even that pale to begin with. Uh, Well. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you'd know. Like an owl, right? Like a. Yeah, or any. So, in the book, I was able to uh, talk with a biologist who did not want to be named. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) um, they look through the encounters we talked about it a lot um and she and i sort of came up with a possibly like hypothetical um you know realistic sort of how would this this animal if it were a real you know animal not supernatural thing something that evolved on earth how would this thing have evolved and adapted to its environment and right, right. we saw with all of these different sightings, they were more or less, especially with the ones in like Kentucky and uh, Michigan, um, they were by cave systems. Right. So right. she had actually put forth the idea that, um, oh, these crawlers have all of the attributes for a cave dwelling subterranean animal species with the pale um pale skin uh you know translucent sort of skin um the you know dark eye big eyes um like uh, even though i said that i think it's yes i'm now getting on the fence here but yeah even though i said this part of me that i feel like it's supernatural but yes the if it is a creature of some Mm -hmm. kind it has to be some kind of cave it feels like it has to be some kind of, like exists in the darkness it looks like it's adapted to darkness mm. 
um, in a profound way. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And where people report them just sort of popping just in and out of encounters, like they'll, it'll be there one second and then just take off and disappear. But it seems like that it had just, you know, appeared out of nowhere. Um, could also lead to the idea that um, the, they live in caves and they just know right. where all the little, you know, holes and crevices crevices lead to right. um, if one needs to make like a, a quick escape or anything like that. Yeah, because if oh. you if, if we were to take it, it extends the idea that mm. this is a cave dwelling um, creature then yeah, it would stand a reason like that it's probably out more often than it gets seen. Mm -hmm. So it would have a better idea of how to get around the area. Um, you know, so it's experience theoretically. Yeah. All right. I got to get the fuck out of here. Cause I just yeah. ran into a guy. <laughs> well, and even yeah. then, so it's a, it would be a, a cave dwelling species anyways, but then when people are reporting them, it's nine, eight or nine out of 10 times at night. So right, right. even then they're even more elusive than than they normally would be because they're not only living in caves maybe during the day but they're coming out at night so they're even more elusive than I guess like a Bigfoot or something would be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this was like this 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 creature is kind of like nightmare fuel folks in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these that that was one of the uh, under the trends and oddities sort of heading of my notes here. I the first thing I had these are all uh, you said something like ninety percent nocturnal, right? I don't even remember any in the book that might. I mean, maybe when maybe when Michael Walker went up to the shed there, maybe that was in the daytime. But uh, I would say like I don't yeah. recall any in the book that were. I mean, he's primarily. If there's an archetype for the crawler, there's sort of an archetype in a way for the sighting, and that is like hmm. people out at night near a forested area mm -hmm. um, or at home in a remote location, like a remote home yep. on a farm or whatever with forest around it. Um, these yeah. seem to be the places where these things are seen mm -hmm. most often based uh, on the book. And, and at night, that's the that, mm -hmm. seems, that would be the that would be the main overarching theme in a way. Yeah. Think, right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And even if we want to take it a step further, um, population distribution, um, sort of seems to be, uh, Midwest, I would say, if yeah. not, you know, more so like, uh, Eastern, you know, at least Eastern half Yeah. Uh, of, the, of, yeah. of North America. But, um, and then even then there's, there's, sightings from like British Columbia and Vancouver. I think there was a, a, a couple from yeah. two or three from Canada, but. but if I would yeah. make a suggestion, if you reissue <laughs> the book or if you do a website or something for the book, <laughs> a map, a map. That's a great idea. Yeah. Cause what would be interesting is to see where, if there's any correlation with the mountains of America, <laughs> um, you know, because theoretically that would then open it up to cave systems. And stuff yeah, like exactly. That. Crevasses or whatever, mm -hmm. and, uh, places to hide and things. But yeah, yeah. I think that that would, because um, in most of the places, yeah, they seem to be relatively near mountains and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, what I also thought was really interesting in the book, um, 
is there's more than a few instances where the witness uh, sees the creature on more than one occasion, sometimes over the course of like years. Mm. Sometimes the creature like follows them back to their house or they show up, um, you know, yeah. Well, they show up like later, like they see the thing, they're freaked out. They go home later in the night. They hear the screech. They look out the window and the things in the backyard. It's like, is that all about that's uh-huh. wild but a very 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 different from the from any other cryptid like if you see bigfoot once in your life you're really fucking lucky and oh yeah if you, if you see it more than once you're probably someone who's like actually out in the woods all the time or someone mm-hmm. looking for it like the random person driving down the street you know through the back roads in the appalachians mm-hmm. who might pass a bigfoot like that's it that's your shot that's the oh, yeah. one time you're gonna see bigfoot so it's mm-hmm. like that was very interesting in the book. There are, like I said, more than a handful of people yeah. who um, who see this thing on more than one occasion. I guess, what do you make of that uh, based on having sort of studied these cases? Well, if we are um, sort of entertaining the idea that this is a, um, at least intelligent, it's definitely shown to have its own, you know, thoughts and reacting to different, you know, um, you know, things that happen. So it's, yeah. it's definitely like a thinking, uh, intelligent. Sentient, yeah. yeah. If not, if not reacting on solely instinct, um, uh, think, yeah, thinking. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that maybe they're curious or maybe, and people say this about Bigfoot too, where, um, yeah. some people claim they're, Bigfoot living on their property or something like that um, where, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but um, yeah, (laughs) but um, you know, take a picture. That's all I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bigfoot lives on your properties. Take a picture. Yeah. You don't, you know, like just the world, I don't care how fucking close you are to the Bigfoot. There's a whole millions of people who have devoted their lives to wondering about this. Just take the picture, please. I'm there's sorry, no. It just drives me. Up there's the no instance where <laughs> if I owned a land, a, a plot of land, and there were Bigfoot on my property regularly, that I could say they were appearing regularly. There's no way I wouldn't be putting, you know, a camera on my yeah, porch every just, night or something. Yeah, I mean, but, maybe that's why we don't have Bigfoot living on our property because we would turn on it. We would betray the Bigfoot <laughs> yeah. within like six weeks. I would befriend mm. the Bigfoot, and then I would fucking betray the Bigfoot, yeah. and I'll say it right now here on Banal of America. I don't care. I would take it, so I'd be like, I love you, Bigfoot. I want you to stay here on my property. No one will ever know you're here. It's going to be the best time ever. Here's some berries, some hot dogs, whatever the fuck you want to eat. And then six weeks later, I'd be like, taking all kinds of pictures, video, everything. There's no solidarity with Bigfoot. He's tortured us for generations. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Anyways. he's the hide and seek champion. Yeah, exactly. As they say, but, but it um, is interesting. Yeah, because it, it that part reminded me in a way of, uh, and it's just I I sort of just look for connective tissue, I guess. So it's like mm, I, exactly. I really don't know where to put anything in in a sense, especially this crawler thing. Mm. But that reminded me in a lot of ways of of the alien abduction thing because people mm. they're being they would have visitations by the crawler like a couple times else later in their life. But also then 
if we're looking at it from a creature perspective, it could just be that this is the natural habitat. Wherever this person saw it is the natural habitat. And so it's just hanging around there. Yeah. And North America really seems to be the main spot for these things. Like there are one or maybe a small handful outside of, um, you know, the U.S. or North America or anything. But it is really mostly in um, Canada, you know, uh, United States, where where you would – this makes sense if this were a real species because this would be a – uh, population distribution. This this lines up with what you know a range would be because it's consistent, um, and you know animals aren't you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the point I was trying to make. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, man. Animals they're they're mysterious. Exactly. They? Yeah. Um, speaking of animals, we're gonna pivot to another thing I noticed in the book uh, mm. was dogs. A lot of times people were walking their dogs. Now that just might be happenstance mm-hmm. that that happened to be when they ran into the crawler. But there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe there's some kind of, uh, maybe that draws the crawler out. Maybe the crawler is like, he's out looking for food and, mm. and he detects the presence of a small prey. And then he comes out of wherever the fuck he is. I think right. they might hang out up in trees. I think it's um, totally possible. Yeah, they and have then the he body comes down onto the crawler. They have the the anatomy the for it. It it makes sense. Um, and even then, multiple um encounters reports specifically them eating deer, which ah. uh, which to my knowledge, not even uh, Bigfoot reports talk about because I know Bigfoot yeah. will they'll uh, people report Bigfoot encounters as them eating like berries and things like that, but I don't think. And it's ever been reported of anyone seeing a Bigfoot eating a deer carcass, but maybe I'm wrong. But um, it's the same, you know, if this were a real species, we're noticing like a a diet um, consistency where people are reporting, you know, deers. So maybe they're interested in people because they know we have dogs and maybe they're interested in maybe taking possibly dogs as a food source but no one i've yet to have an encounter where or receive an encounter where um, anyone's dog has been nabbed by a crawler right yeah (laughs) yeah that would be that would be a good one that would be a good one you know my heart goes out to the dog of course but yeah yeah, that would be that would be quite the quite the story Mm -hmm. but yeah that part that part made me wonder if the dogs are drawing out the crawler somehow Mm -hmm. um now, what about sounds made by this thing? Because we've got the visual down. Mm-hmm. Are there across the board? There, I mean, there are a few cases here, so I guess draw on your memory of of what you heard over the years from talking to these witnesses. What do you what do you know of possible sounds made by these things? Yeah, so we know through several several encounters that they, you know, they'll thump, you know, whatever that means. Um, whether maybe that's like a whether it's them, you know, jumping down from a tree or maybe it's them doing like a sort of like a intimidation, you know, thing. But um, more vocally, I recall a lot of actual like monkey type sounds. Um, sometimes they're like a cackling 
or sometimes it's like a um not a howling like a I you know cackling like a howling cackle is what sometimes is what yeah sometimes they're resp- uh, uh reported as having but also sort of like a a chittering which also sort of ties into maybe a more primate uh, origin for these things yeah um but yeah well it's unrelated necessarily to the sound but i was thinking yeah. this i wanted to make this point when we were talking about the possibility that it lives in caves and that mm. would be if it was a sort of primate creature because uh, chimps kind of are this kind of like along the lines of a chimp in a way mm. they do kind of go from they can do they're actually the few i said earlier i don't know what you mean chimps can kind of do the walk on two feet relatively fine and then go on the four and go oh, so definitely. Kind of, that might be the closest to a crawler as far as ambulatory ability totally yeah but what i was in a sense one might think that the if it lived in the cave systems, that might have to be how it gets around in the caves anyway, down crouched down. Right. And then it gets out and it can kind of like stretch out, uh, you know, or within the cave system, there might be places where it can kind of stretch right. out. So that would kind of explain how it could go into the two different um, way of standing, if you will. Yeah, where it's like the 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 quadrupedal sort of crawling yeah, go, yeah. crawler um, is sort of it's like more natural state or at least more right, with right. ease and they you know they don't really live in an environment where they're upright all the time so maybe that is an explanation for how you know when they're not on all fours that they have like this awkward sort of movement to them yeah um so you know, i would think that would that would check out yeah um now does anyone uh what about smells with Bigfoot, everyone talks about the nasty smell that's always associated with it. Do people talk about any smells uh, that they remember when they run into this thing? Yeah, the only one I can think of, um, typ- typically not, but yeah. there was there's small um, exceptions where one eyewitness had reported um, a sort of blueberry blueberry pie smell. Right, right, right. Um and I thought that was interesting because there are other animals that have scents. Uh, there's an animal called a binturong which smells like popcorn. Um and I forget like what kind of, It's it's more like a cat kind okay. of animal. All right. Um I'm not sure how to describe it. It might be its own thing, but um it's kind of it looks kind of like a big black and gray sort of red panda cat looking thing um and they they smell like popcorn um for reasons i'm not entirely sure um weird but animals sometimes you know i don't know if that would be like a scent sort of marker thing because with sasquatch um i don't know if anyone's ever used the uh sasquatch pheromone lures Yes, um, I smell for, them. They're oh, they're fine. disgusting. Um, yeah. But I think that is what um, is one way we could explain possibly Sasquatches why they smell so bad is that it could possibly be a um, maybe a mating scent or something like that, or you know something out of aggression. A lot of primates have scent glands that 
will react to high levels of anxiety. Um, so maybe it's a mix of all of these things that maybe gives um, credence to the crawler, maybe having a, if it doesn't want to maybe charge someone, maybe it has this odd scent deterrent yeah. that maybe it emits. That's possible. Um, uh, that's 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 the only way I can explain the blueberry might bomb. be able to justify that. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll go I'll go sort of more skeptical in a sense, but just yeah, a different it. take on it. Maybe maybe that was just kind of, and I'm not. This is again with all due respect to this guy. Maybe that was some kind of olfactory hallucination in the mm -hmm. in the in the traumatic experience of being encountering this thing. Like, just maybe it was something that was like, okay, like, his mind is fucking breaking, and mm. it's, let's bring this, you know, it's some kind of natural psychological mechanism For that comfort. says, we gotta bring this guy back to reality. We need to center him. Start smelling blueberry pie. Like, the mm. body just does that. So yeah, oh, I would, I would totally believe that. Lose his mind, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, especially when we have almost every other report being this super, you know, sort of stressful, yeah. traumatic, uh, just encounter that freaks these people out and literally makes them break down sometimes, like with Sarah Nielsen. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at the Binturong. It's a, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's also known as the Bearcat. And it's a, yes. it, uh, it, it says it's a Viverid, which is another word. I can't look that up. We're trying to I'm not sure here. what that yeah. is. A vivarid native to South and Southeast Asia, and it looks like uh, it's it looks like a mangy looking. It says <laughs> it's, it's not closely related to bears or cats. It's carnivorous. It's a very unique animal. So it's you know it's interesting. The bitterong. Mm -hmm. um, that's now, all I can any... think of whenever I hear the blueberry okay. pie. I think of oh, that's just a random food. Right, right. Um, and but okay. then it made me think of that. It's like why do they smell like popcorn? It's interesting. <laughs> it's odd. Mm -hmm. um, well, we kind of talked about possible discernible geographic areas. Now, like, mm -hmm. I suppose the book is a is a prisoner of the time period in a way of when it was written, the Internet age, because I was going to ask, like, uh, and you would know this because you collected the cases, mm -hmm. the time period. The, is there any sort of general time period? Are these primarily like post new in the new millennium? which uh, is crazy to think that we're 23 years into it now, but are they within this new millennium primarily? It seemed that way from reading the book, but I didn't go through chapter and verse and, you know, writing it down to mm -hmm. do a graph or whatever. So I, you know, I thought about it, but I, I'm not that, <laughs> I, I can be lazy sometimes. So, <laughs> so, but that did cross my mind. Like, all right, are these like relatively recent within the last like 15, 20 years? Yeah, so I found one. I was able to talk with someone who actually provided um, a couple amazing, great eyewitness sketches um, about her husband from, I, I believe this was like 76, which was only a year after the Dover Demon was found, or was cited. Um, yeah. And this sighting just had gone completely under the radar, I guess. Um, but that was the only other one that was uh sort of pre 2000s yeah um whereas all the other ones literally range from like 2001 up until 20 2022 or 2021 yeah. um and i'm not sure if that's just because maybe 
people are scared to come forward or in the, you know, more modern era, people can just sort of post their stories to forums or they're, it's right, more easily right. able to be, you know, shared and put out there. Um, yeah. But it definitely, definitely um, seems more so to be a, um, definitely maybe within the more, the, the past like 20 years, or so, um, and even crawler was only a word I could find going as far back as like 2018 in yeah. origin. Um, so I think people just didn't really have a name to put to these encounters, um, yeah. which is oh, also what I'm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. Just this, this is what I'm also trying to do with the book is that I want people to report their encounters to me. Yeah. Um. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Much like Bigfoot or anything like that, it's um. There, I haven't seen a book published of you know these Dover Demon type encounters, so I totally believe that there's more people who've seen these things um, that just maybe aren't comfortable or don't feel like they're able to share their encounters. Um, so hopefully, with this book being published, we'll be able to get you know more people reporting their encounters and things like that. Yeah, or they may just not even know that anyone's talking about them. Exactly, yeah. So it's like they – I'm sure there are people who are, will see the book and they're like – kind of like communion, uh, whatever happened to people who mm. ended up that mm-hmm. they, might, they might see the book and go, holy shit, that's that thing I saw that time I was camping. And then mm-hmm. if so, they should get in touch with Nate um, and, and tell tell him their story. Right. Um, the cover yeah. is very actually kind of communion, communion-esque. It is for sure. It is, uh, yeah. It's a yeah. It's a really, it's a really creepy looking mm-hmm. thing. Um, and yeah, it's a. It's not a book uh, unless you like being scared. It's not a book to read like before you go camping. I was going to say yeah, or anything like that. It's. I've uh, had a few people um, actually tell me that they've read it while they were camping at night, and they said that oh, it was uh, a big, big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty wild. Mm. Um, let me think of what else. Like, are there any other trends that I didn't really pick up on? Maybe in the book, is there anything that you think's noteworthy as far as where we can kind of tie this all together? Maybe that, like I said, it seemed like they're all nocturnal and forests. Um, yeah, forests. And uh, what I like about the book too is there are several instances where it's more than one person who saw the thing. So mm. that's a good. That's a quality case uh, which also goes back to the uh, it's consistent with the dover demon sightings right i'm not sure what it is because people don't typically see like any other cryptid in groups or anything like that Um, yeah but with the dover demon and all the crawler sightings it's almost pretty consistently either one person seeing it you know however many times or you know groups of people seeing seeing them and i'm not sure why groups of people uh attract these things so much seemingly um yeah but maybe it stems back to them being an intelligent entity whatever you want to call them um and maybe they are just genuinely curious of people and then maybe if you know a person gets too close they sort of go on edge and you know drop down and try and intimidate or run away or whatever Right. Now, I think I know the answer to this, although uh, maybe you've heard stories. Maybe they didn't make it to the book or, mm-hmm. or maybe I missed it somewhere. In the, I'm certain I didn't. But has mm-hmm. anyone shot at these things? 
Like, because in some stories, there are people with guns and shit, but yeah. no one, the grandfather, uh, Sarah Nielsen and the yep. grandfather there, I know, I guess because the sighting was so short, but I mean, mm. they were armed when they were all. Oh, they, they definitely could have taken that shot. Yeah. Um, but not to my knowledge, at least not one that anyone's reported, but I guess in the same vein as, um, people who research Bigfoot and put out documentaries and stuff, um, I would love for anyone to see this book and be like, oh, that's like that thing that I have in my freezer that I shot oh, God. 10 years yeah. ago or whatever. Um, so I guess that, you know, that would be maybe. Maybe that's case. why the crawler was looking through uh, Michael Walker's grandfather's shed. Yeah, may, maybe, exactly. There was, dead, there was a dead crawler in there. He's like, He's I'm looking for my cousin. Save his friend, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, um, in the not, book, Okay, yeah, not to my knowledge. No one's ever uh, shot one. All right. Now, in the book, you got this. There's a picture. Oh, I'm sure you, I don't know. You should know that picture yep. is in the book. Yep. What is, there's a picture here. It says a photograph allegedly captured in 2008 at King's Cliff near North Petherton, Somerset, England, implying the possible crawler encounters outside of North America. And there, it, it's a it's a very dark picture. It says enhanced for clarity. That's an enhanced but, version. Um, I know. So in the have... distance, you see the little. <laughs> it may not translate well to the to the printing of a book, too. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'd like to I see mean, a digital version of it. Oh, there you go. It's kind of. Oh wow. Okay. Than mine for some reason. Oh no, yours but... is fantastic. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what what the hell's the story? Oh yeah, it must just be the book printing I got. Interesting. Um. So what's the story with? with the with that picture what's what, what the what is that because I, I mean anyone anyone reading the book or hearing about things like well why doesn't anyone take a picture so at the end of the book there's a picture mm -hmm. of a possible of a possible crawler what the what the hell is that all about what's the story with that because the story's so, not in the book the story's not in the book um because that is all the information i could find on this photo okay and um it was a public domain photo um that I had I had come across um just in my in my research and yeah and then I had also found a couple and this kind of possibly goes into the idea of future volumes but um I had found a couple encounters from the UK um yeah just Europe um but not anywhere near as much or, or as many or as detailed as any of the ones, you know, in right, right. the first volume from North America or anything like that. Um, so I guess I kind of, I, I put that out there just because it's a photo I had never seen before. It's one, it fits, you know, the criteria um, aside from it being in the UK. And I kind of wanted to put that in as putting my feelers out there for any possible encounters that may exist outside of north america yeah um to maybe you know create a future volume of sightings outside of america right right um so yeah there there was unfortunately not too much information that i could find on that photo okay um, but that's sort of the reason why i included it yeah 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 mm -hmm. there are it yeah no i mean it's that's that's cool and it's the that's believable because it's not particularly great I mean, it's a mm -hmm. cool, you know, but it, I mean, there's so many fucking pictures. That's another thing. It's like the stories you got to be on guard about these days. Mm -hmm. Pictures now, even more than ever with this AI stuff. It's yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's really tough to discern what 
what's real and what's not. And mm. ironically, I suppose this always was the case, but the you really have to it, – it all comes down to the witness. It all comes down to the person mm. who took the picture because it's, it's – How reliable are they? Right, right. Because, yeah, because often I think a lot of these AI pictures, they get flashed around the Internet. It's like, I found this in my grandfather's trunk. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, dude, this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's so many ways you can tell an image is AI generated yeah. as well. You can also run them through things that are uh, – Oh, okay. We'll, yeah. we'll analyze it and actually be like, this is an AI image that drew from, you know, oh, nice. this, this, and this. But that's way more advanced than – basic you know like image analysis (laughs) yeah and very often if it's too good to be true it's like just too there was some like uh, yeah i've seen a few lately that are just like all right dude like come on yeah (laughs) there's the one um photo in the book of the the sort of vague trail cam photo Okay, yeah, I think I remember this one. Is this but, um, in the book? Is it in the middle of the book? Oh wait, um, oh, it's in the no. first first chunk, in okay. the beginning. All right, but um, yeah, they sent that to me. All those enhancements were done by the people who had sent it to me. The couple who sent it to me. Okay. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, there it's obviously not clear enough to say, um, and they didn't see it with their with their own eyes, but right, right. That would be, you know, one of the very few photos, potentially, of a crawler that there are. Yeah, it's very hard to, and I, I, it's easy to rip on a witness and go, well, what do you think of picture? It's like, Mm -hmm. it happens all the time with these Bigfoot stories. It's like, I think if you run into something like this, even UFO accounts, it seems Mm -hmm. like the story is always the same, where it's just like, you're having this once in a lifetime experience, um, and you're so enraptured by what you're seeing is so unbelievable that you don't really think to take a picture of it mm-hmm. because it's like, you don't want to take your eyes off of it for like a split second. That's oh, yeah, the impression definitely. I get from people who've seen this stuff. Especially, I would say that applies even more so to crawler encounters because with Bigfoot, like we said earlier, they just kind of leave. Um, yeah. But with crawlers, they they stick around and either, you know, chase you off or stalk you or anything like that. So they don't really uh take off like bigfoot do they they stick around yeah <laughs> they kind of push you away it from seems, yeah exactly scene. yeah so you're not gonna like get a camera out and then it runs right at you you're yeah no yeah it would be a great video but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so we be so I, I i think it is important to note the Beyond, I suppose, the blueberry pie thing, which is kind of like hard to fit into. That's an outlier. Mm, yeah. Um, and so there's a few outliers. Um, yeah. You know, there's like one guy who said he saw it like in three different states. That's mm-hmm. one where it's like, all right, this is an outlier to the book. Yeah. But beyond those, it would seem for the most part what you've said over a lot of the time here tonight is that the generally there's no supernatural element to this is not really mm. a paranormal element it's not literally manifesting before someone's eyes or vanishing right. before their eyes or communicating telepathically or anything mm. like this all of its yep. all the descriptions and its behavior uh conform to a uh, creature correct yep. yes there's no no one's at least in my 
research has reported a UFO or any craft or anything with it, um, no clothing or anything that it wears, um, which is why it leads me to believe that it's maybe a, you know, an undiscovered mammal. But the... Um, Well, what about the possibility that it is – I'm sure the skeptical people, the first thing is mange. That's like the catch-all mm-hmm. um, explanation for uh, sort of like people say bears for big folks. Right. This is – the crawler is just a, a bear with mange or some other animal with mange, and it looks freaky um, because of that. Uh I'm sure you've kind of heard this argument, uh, but it doesn't square mm-hmm. with you, I take it. Yes. And if it's a if it's a bear with mange, if you see a bear, if you've ever seen a picture of a, a hairless bear, they aren't really that skinny. Right. Um, yeah, the skin true. the skin is kind of glistening, but it's mostly, you know, dry and you know, sort of I don't know how to describe loose. it. It's it, like, it, it, it's loose. Yeah. yeah. It's loose, loose fitting skin. Um, yeah. not really what any of the eyewitnesses report with crawlers or anything like that. Um, nor does any of the behavior really fit in with how an animal would act, um, yeah. with mange yeah. because they're skin mites and no one ever reports any, you know, like scarring or any clawing or, you know, bite marks or skin or anything like that. Um, I think it's totally possible. I think misidentifications are totally possible. I think, um, I won't say most, but I, a a lot of cryptid encounters, I personally do think, um, are misidentifications or could be misidentifications. Um, and I think that could totally be the case. I think it's entirely possible for crawlers, um, it's, it's very easy, especially when most of the encounters take place during nighttime in areas right. where there are lots of shadows anyways. Um, I'm, I'm totally open to the idea of a number of them being maybe, you know, mangy coyote or deer or anything or something like that. Right, um, right. but overall, I don't know if the behavior of these things sort of matches up with different animals with mange. Um, why would a bear with mange act the same as a deer with mange or yeah. a fox or anything like that? Um, because these are all different animals and different niches in their ecology and everything like that. So it wouldn't really make sense why what we're seeing with crawlers, why the, um, activities and how they you know react to humans and things like that are so consistent and why some of them are just so detailed in the descriptions and things like that um i feel like people would be able to see you know a bear's ears or anything like that or a snout which no one ever reports in 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 crawler sightings um no one reports like a nose or anything that you would see on like a a bear or a dog or anything like that. It's always either flat or just like two holes. Um, so yeah. I, I, it's totally possible. Just like with Bigfoot, um, I'm sure 
there there are absolutely misidentifications. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well I, I just checked. Yeah, there's thirty five cases in the book. So it's mm. like even if you know, even if like a third of them are made up, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say a third of the people just made them up online. That then and then a third of them are misidentifications. You're still left with like ten instances of people seeing these creatures. So detailed yeah. pretty solid instances right. as well. So Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, well, even, it's, that's, uh, that's the compelling part about the whole you take the totality, you hear the one story, you're like, well, this could be, I mean, you have 35 mm-hmm. of them. It's like, well, look, I mean, are they all wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, like, there's no way that, that, like, to me, at least, it's like, there's got to be something here going on. Yeah, exactly. In this, it, with this phenomenon. Well, and that's why I included sort of like the more supernatural encounters as well that maybe seem out of place. But with this, since it's the to my knowledge, the first book on this sort of, right. you know, phenomena, um, I didn't want to cherry pick information. I wanted to just have a collective sort of basis and then we can, you know, sort of weed out what, you know, maybe doesn't fit or what isn't, what, what is uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Um, so we can actually build, you know, a database for these sightings and things like that. So we can know what is more consistent and further research and, and all that. Right, exactly. You have a template, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now, have you? Is there a website um, for this? Is there like a website for the book? I mean, I would recommend. Like, look, Nate. If, 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 if first of all, you gotta be do more shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Get out and, and promote this book because um, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating and it's really interesting and it's a whole. As I I, I bumped it uh, when it first came out over the summer on my social media because it's like this is a really this is new stuff um this is a new like a new creature possibly mm. um which is exciting it's not a rehash of stuff so i mean it, and you're going to be as the book gets more heard of you're going to become the crawler guy so you mm-hmm. i would say you got to set up like a website and have a way for people to contact you and be and like share their sightings oh, yeah. um you know because as this goes on more and more like look at what happened with um, God rest her soul, the late great Linda Godfrey. I mean, mm, you know, she she wrote *Beast to Bray Road*, and then next thing you know, she was the the dog man um, aficionado, the expert, mm-hmm. and she was she got cases all the time. So I'm hoping, I mean, I mean hopefully, I'm not bestowing a, a curse upon you, <laughs> but I'm hoping that you can become the crawler guy and you can get more crawler stories, and this can really flourish um, as a whole new thing in 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 the world of cryptozoology or, or right on the cusp. We don't know what it is really. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I still kind of entertain the possibility that it might be supernatural in nature, even though, Oh, definitely. You know, it doesn't show any supernatural mm-hmm. characteristics per se. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so no website. Is um, I'm, ch- I'm trying to not, uh, <laughs> trying to pick, pick what I'm or reveal, pick what oh. I'm going to reveal very, very carefully but i did mention a possible second um uh volume of the book oh okay um and i'm Uh oh we lost nate this never would have happened if we used the fucking landline folks but no get on the stream yard get oh there he is 
There you go. No worries, man. All right. I, I, yeah, you're you're perfectly good. I'm gonna. Yeah. I may leave that in because I was just complaining about how this never would have happened if we hadn't got off the fucking telephone. And <laughs> y'all wanted me to do on the stream yard and do it with the microphone. There it goes. So here we go. All right. So so yeah, you don't want to. There, there may be something in the pipeline. Well, that's the final question. Really, is the what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it helps at all. I mean, ballpark. I'd say this is probably going to be coming out in like early December. So if you if you think that if you if you have something in the, you know that you want that, that you feel comfortable plugging there, uh, that's fine. But it, whatever. So uh, all right, we got Nate back. There he is. So you, you got something cooking, but you don't necessarily want to want to spill the beans. Just yeah, yet. it's. I mean, it's not much different from what we've we've talked about. But I'm I'm trying to work on sort of a central hub for um sort of like a branch off from my association of cryptozoology um that maybe would be able to just tackle crawler sightings um and that would be a good i can make i'm planning on working on a report solely just for crawler encounters um that people can fill out um just to have its own separate database from like you know all the bigfoot and thunderbird reports we get um so that so that would be something to look forward to in the future, um, amongst yeah, other related related topics. Um, yeah, I will be should. selling autographed copies at Parafest, Maine, in Vassalboro, oh, okay. um, in October. All right, people but, are getting what? Uh, <laughs> when in October? Uh, October twenty sixth. <clears throat> okay, so you did sign books at the Parafest. How was it? Was it great? No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, we, we probably aren't going to get this one out by then. So yeah, that's right. Um, uh, anything else? Anything else in twenty twenty four? Um, not currently. Mostly still just a lot All of right. planning for for stuff and getting getting more stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Refining, well, refining, refining the first edition. And what is the name? Do you have any? Uh, give us the name of the Facebook group again. Um, and is it any? That's your main hub, right? That's what you want to say. Yeah, so that'll that'll be um, the Association of Cryptozoological Fieldwork and Analysis, or ACFA Cryptozoology. Um, And I also have my uh, just sort of general production films, uh, filmmaking sort of page, which is Bizarre Base. um, And that's in uh, partnership with Rural Chaos TV Productions. Um, so where that's sort of the three of those are sort of what I jump in between when I, whenever I have updates on my, any of my projects or anything like that. Awesome. Sounds good. And, uh, can obviously people can go to Amazon, get the book. Yep. Um, what about pine state phantoms and eyes from the pines, the pine eight project, where can they watch those? Yeah. So you can get those at uh rural chaos productions, rural, rural chaos TV. Um, they're available on the website. You can get a digital or physical DVD, whatever you'd prefer. Um, All right. and then through, right. through Bizarre Base as well. Excellent. Yeah. All right. I think that just about covers it, brother. Uh, this was awesome. I really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, I think, uh, I think the first time I met Nate was at the International Cryptozoology Conference. You were on the youth panel, right? Was I? Because I think that was... You may have been. It was at the Clarion before they moved it to the warehouse. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yes. That's Uh, right. Yeah. What was that? That was great. 
that was a long time ago now, probably say, seven or eight years ago. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and, and and all the folks on the panel, uh, it was it was a it was great because it was like, all right, the the future's in good hands, and now it's kind of like coming to fruition, and we can see that here with Nate and the book uh, Crawlers. So well, yeah, it's um, it's been awesome to to watch your you know watch you rise up here in the field, and and I'm really. I'm really impressed, man. And I, I'll be honest, I kind of don't press, impress easy because I'm kind of a cynic after all these years. So when you came up with this thing, with this whole new thing, with this whole new creature or whatever, I'm like, shit, this is, this is, you know, this is kind of Linda Godfrey. Like this is very, uh, this is very groundbreaking stuff. So uh, hats Thank off you. to you, man. Kudos to you. And, and you should be really proud of yourself. You're doing some really great work. Thank you very much. That means, that means a lot coming from you as well. Oh, man, my pleasure. Well, thank you for the great conversation, man. And uh, I'm sure you're only up in Maine, so our paths will cross. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, man. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.